Hey everybody and welcome back to the Commander's Vault. I'm JB. And I'm Dale. And we are going to be talking about the hot news today. Uh, Hull Breacher's banned, baby. Hull Boo. Breacher. <laughs> uh, really, I don't give a fuck. Um, Hull Breacher's really good. Um, it made some decks super good. Uh, like Breach Wheel uh, was insane. And... It's still good, but Hull Breacher just made it that much better. Now, I understand the RC, they have their decision trees, you know, because of casual play and everything. And they do what, what they call, like, unfun game states is where they kind of draw their ban list from. Uh, okay, I get it. Uh, people don't like to get fucked when they draw cards great um and it is kind of a feel bad for hyper casual players but like bro it's not even that bad yeah it's like what a two two three two three two yeah dies to a bolt i mean come on how many things can kill hull breacher like most decks like, even if you're running maybe the bare minimum, like, five removal spells or less, you should have optimal ways to be able to deal with a creature in your deck. And not to mention, you have three players. So my look at it is, if everybody at the pod has five interactive con spells, whether it's a counter spell, whether it's Doomblade, whether it's whatever, they remove something, okay, at instant speed. Mm-hmm. You're looking at now 15 cards that could be in someone's hand to get rid of this thing at any given time. So, honestly, I just think it's a crappy ban. I mean, yeah, the card is great, okay? But it doesn't stop players from doing the essential things that you need to do to play. Every single turn, you always get to draw your card. You don't have to not draw your card and give them a treasure token. You get your draw every turn only if you're trying to go i'm going to draw four cards i'm going to do this on my turn and draw that and draw this sure then it slows you down and shuts you down but you still get to draw your turn every time so i don't really see it as a big deal the only decks that it's like really oppressive in is if you're playing like some type of like nekuzar grixis wheel deck you know or like maybe even like a niv mizzet like wheel type deck and even in those decks that's the win con is you you cast a wheel you flash this in you get 21 mana and then you go off and you win so i feel like it really banning it hurts those more casual decks like nekuzar and niv that are like they need a good win con that isn't curiosity and just go off and win it's a great card for them to be able to win games with Versus, like, there's plenty of stupid cards that are hard to interact with and annoying and all that, but they're not banned. Yeah. I can see in some ways, like like I said, the, the reasoning behind it is unfun play patterns where people are just getting breached, like, whole breached in response to, you know, a ton of card draw. And... I like it as a taxing effect when a player's really super far ahead 
and then it fucks just them. Like, where somebody's trying to, oh, at the end of my turn, I blue sun zenith myself for ten, or something like that. Yeah. And you're like, no, you don't do any of that, actually. It's been really hard for me because I've been trying to not look at it as a CEDH thing, which I guess in our meta, it's a lot more competitive or like very high power decks to where Hole Breacher a lot of the times is being used more so to stop somebody from lab manning or stop them from Jace winning. Like that I think is the real benefit of the card is to be able to stop other players who are just trying to combo draw their entire deck and win. You yeah. can flash that in response, and if they don't have a counter spell or you have a backup counter, then you just stop that player from winning the game. Now, I can totally see, because I've had a lot of comments on this today, of people saying, yeah, I think that way is fair to play it. But what really happens is people play it on turn three, and then they just don't have any way to win, and then it takes six more turns for them to get there, and then that whole time, it's oppressive for everyone else because nobody else can draw cards. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know, man. I just don't think it's that big a deal. Just remove the card. Like, don't... If you're going to take an opening hand, in my perspective, I always try to keep an opening hand that has, like, three lands, maybe one ramp spell, and a removal spell. That's, like, what I want in my opening hand. If I'm not trying trying to play CEDH and have some combo winny thing or, like, tutors to search for a win, if I'm just playing casual, I want to have, like, three lands, a ramp spell, and, like, some type of removal. That way, if somebody else tries to go for that quick little combo-y something or put a creature out there that's really pesky early game, I can just remove it. So. Yeah. No, I mean, it really, uh, it really does kind of target the spike players who were abusing the effect it wasn't uncommon to see a dockside turn two and then a hull breacher and a wheel of some sort turn three i've seen it dozens of times yeah like you know and Sometimes, you know, turn two, you you spent your two mana to play a creature, or you cast that ramp spell, you know, you nature's lord or something, and you're you know, you're just trying to advance your board state so you don't have the removal for the hull breacher and you get fucked hard. Yeah, I mean in in our in our shop, a lot of people play this card. Yeah. Now, generally what happens is everybody works together, they get rid of it, and it's done, it's not a big deal. Now, occasionally, they just go off and they just win the game, or they it does, like Which people is are fine. saying, it takes a couple turns and they yeah. win the game. But it's just not that big of a deal to me to where it needs to be banned, I don't think. But I also can understand that our meta isn't the normal meta. It's a lot more cutthroat here, so it's a really hard toss-up for me like i i don't think it should be banned but i do sympathize with the people who are like man this just sucks like playing at you know home kitchen table with my friends and stuff and there's the one guy that brings it in there and just always wheels us and all that but then at the same time i just feel like well then that's something you should work out with your play group if you guys don't like people wheeling and playing that then you should just say hey you know your deck's really good and you've totally destroyed us quite a few times with it could you maybe just take the wheels out of your deck 
or something like that, or like yeah. talking it out with your play group. But the fact that it has to come to a ban, which sucks because everybody thinks his commander is like a super casual format. But what we've seen, in in my opinion, over the last couple of years, is that commander isn't really just a casual format anymore. People are playing events. There's tournaments going on, and like I said earlier, Hall Breacher is an integral part of being able to basically stop other CEDH decks from winning the game when you just flash that in when they go to draw their library. So it like really hurts CEDH decks to have that banned. Well, casual players, the super casual players, y'all could just simply say, hey, don't play that in our play group. But when we go and play a tournament, we don't have the luxury of just being like, okay, everybody, let's agree to not play that. Yeah. Because we're playing an event and we have to use the ban list. So, like, I feel like it really kind of puts, like, CDH players in, like, a bad spot. But I understand that a lot of people still think that the format itself isn't supposed to be about competitiveness. It's supposed to just be fun. So, it's a toss-up, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, it's always, like, fun is relative. So, it's always a, you know, what's fun for thee but not for me kind of mindset. And, like I said, I don't really care. It was an extremely good fucking card. Uh, I ran it whenever I could. Yeah. But, in essence, do I care that it's gone? No. Like I said this to somebody else, is I, I run it in two decks. In my Sea Creature Tribal deck, <laughs> because it's a merfolk and it's a good card, and it's, you know, I put it in there, there's no wheels in the deck. And then the other deck that I have it in is my Urza, my CEDH deck. And I actually took out my Teferi's Puzzle Box, my Narset, for it. So I took out the whole, like, wheelie-style lock stuff from my competitive deck because I put that in there. So, like, I feel like it definitely boils down to apparently there's more people just pub-stomping and playing, like, super wheelie, you know whole breacher things that has made everyone pissed off yeah but i mean it is a really pub stompy card like even it like punishing decks like mid to low tier decks that just have established value engines like uh garuk's pack leader or elemental bond or something where you're just like i have only stompy creatures in this deck and I dedicated these slots to play whenever I play <laughs> yeah. a big stompy creature. I get to draw a card, and Holbridge is like, no, fuck you. Yep. Well, you get nothing. In fact, I get a treasure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great it's a great tempo card. Shuts down, like, green, like you said. All those, There's a, a plethora of green enchantments that whenever a creature enters with power three greater, draw a card. Shuts that down. Yeah. And it, re- it rewards that person for doing it while shutting you down, and I definitely think that the biggest gripe that I've seen about it is that it's flash speed. If they took yeah. the flash out of it, then people might not be oh, yeah. as worried about it. Well, people were really jumping on the fact that, like, okay, what about Narset? What about Notion Thief? It's like, okay, well, think about it like this. Uh, it was 100% splashable with only a single blue color pip. It was... Flash speed, Narset as a sorcery. And if you want to run Notion Thief, 
then you're committed to Demir at least. You have to run Black Blue to play that. You know, I could run Amer like uh, you know, what is it? Jeskai and run Hull Reacher. Yeah. I can't run Jeskai and run Notion Thief. You know, it's like bring me Alms Collector, whatever that dude is. <laughs> yeah. So yep. whenever an opponent would draw a card, uh, instead you both draw a card. Yep. Like, I think it was too aggressively costed. If it was four, or maybe two and two blue color pips, yeah, then I think it's a little more balanced at flash speed. Yeah, I actually, uh, the last event that we had when I was playing my Urza deck, I had a uh, crafty coin purse in my sideboard because I was worried about decks that were running uh, red and blue for the dock sides and for the uh, hole breacher. That way when they go to do that, I can, in response, flash in crafty coin purse on top of that so they think they're going to get all the treasure tokens, but then I get them instead. Yeah. Like, now granted, that's only a one-turn effect, which is another great point a lot of people made, is where if they would have just changed the text on Hull Breacher to be this turn, you get the treasure tokens, then they're like, okay, then that would be fine. But the fact that it's just any time you just always get yeah. the treasure tokens, yep. they think that it's just too overpowered, but... I don't know. I yeah. mean, whether you were for it or whether you were against it, uh, let us know. You know, I'd like to hear why you think it was the scourge of every table and deserved to be banned, or uh, why you're pissed that it got banned. You know, maybe you just—it's really hilarious because uh, our commander tournament coming up here is dual commander ban list. Whole breacher is not banned in dual commander, but uh, Garrett had finally bit the bullet and bought a hull breacher the day before it got banned he paid like $32 for oh, it or some shit I man. felt so bad I felt so bad and I showed him a picture at the end of the banning day like how much it was it was 6 bucks oh, man that's brutal Yeah, I, I felt so bad I mean I think it'll stabilize to be like a $12 card mostly only because it's like legacy and vintage yeah. Like, uh, but it was in Commander Legends, dude. Like, it was a Commander card. and <laughs> Yeah, now it's banned. Now it's just fucking banned. I thought it was pretty convenient, though, too, that the rules committee waited until Commander Legends is no longer being bought a bunch to say, okay, we're banning it now. And I think that definitely has something to do with Wizards' influence, being like, hey, we know you guys are talking about ban it, but don't ban it until all of our product is sold and we're not making money off of it anymore. You know? So I don't know if it's that sinister. I, I don't know. It, it seems pretty fishy to me that it's like, okay, right after, like, no longer Wizards is making money off the product, now it's, like, banned. Even though the card was literally, like you said, in Commander Legends. It's a great card. It's a legend of Commander because it's so good. And then it's like immediately banned as soon as the set is no longer being sold. Is maybe that's just me. I'm into conspiracy. Yeah, I, so. you're, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you're Alex Jones in a bit here, but uh, no, I I think it was just. I mean, like any card other than Lutri, who was banned before release. 
I think they wanted to give it a fair shake and see how people would would take it. And uh, a lot of people were just dicks. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, I was one of those people. Like, I played CDH with it and breach wheeled my ass off. Like, yeah. it was super effective. I think like, that's I, fair, though. That's CEDH, man. Anything goes. I think you should certainly be able to do it. But I think the reason it's banned is because casual players. Yeah. But when it comes to casual, how many casual players are going, let me cast this freaking, you know, mox my land, this. I'm going to cast a wheel and then flash in homie on top of it. They're not going to because casual players are more than likely playing more budget-friendly, fair decks. So, like, I feel like casual commander, to me, means you're just there hanging out with your friends trying to have a good time versus, like, CEDH, where, sure, you guys are all hanging out having a good time, but you're, like, specifically, I want to play the best cards, whether you're proxying it or not because of budget restrictions or whatnot. You're playing with very expensive cards. So, like, casual, I don't think you really are playing with, like, super cheap decks that are, like, going to have all the other pieces that make the card really good. Like, Wheel of Fortune, how many people are playing Wheel of Fortune in casual? But that's what I'm saying is, when I draw back to my earlier point, when it disrupts even casual value engines, like, entirely, you know, for... You know, you 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 pay three blue mana and three red mana for Nibmizet Perrin to draw some cards when people cast spells, and somebody hold breaches you. You just got yourself five five dragon, my dude. Yeah, well, you better be running counter spells. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> or some, you better some, start pinging hold breacher with yeah, your Nib trigger. <laughs> it doesn't always shake out like that, so it it does. I can see how green Timmy deck who has no creature removal other than That's like fighting. They need to run more fight spells. Well. I made that point earlier. It's like, dude, my I have green decks that are mono green and I will remove your creatures because I'll pay my two mana, instant speed, have my freaking six six fight whatever I need removed. Like it's one of those things where like the more casual decks I feel like definitely are more Timmy. You're running a ton of creatures with maybe like three removal spells versus when you start creeping up into the power level you have to start cutting your creatures or your enchantments down and start going more into instant speed interaction and i think that it sucks that cards are getting banned so that it promotes not having interaction in your deck i mean that was also talked about it I see a dip in interaction, but opposition agents still legal, so like... The one thing I did see, too, a lot of people said is it wouldn't be banned if it was white. And everyone I know has made the argument, too, about op agent and hull breacher both should have been white. And if they were, I honestly don't think we'd be seeing a ban at all if they I were agree. white. But I agree. But, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, like I said, I'm pretty nonchalant about the ban. I'll slot it out of a deck and yeah. replace it with something else. I'm slapping our set yeah, back don't in really and, give a shit. into Fairy's Puzzle Boxing. Um, so. <laughs> so. But yeah, so outside of that, which was pretty uh, pretty interesting, we got a shitload of spoilers, all the spoilers, for the D&D Did, did pre- we read them all? I think so. All the commander precons? At least all the side commanders... Or no, I think we're still missing two decks. 
I was going to say, I know we got, I think, the Gruul Commander and the uh, Rakdos Commander, I believe. But, uh, yeah. So we're going to be digging into those a little bit here. Some interesting stuff, most definitely. Um, well, I guess there's that guy, too. Abzan. Yeah. Or not Abzan, but Esper. My bad. So, the... Uh, Selesnya legend Cadibri of Mithril Hall uh, next to Driss Doerden as the Selesnya legend from this set. Uh, she's in the commander deck. She has first strike and reach. She's a 2-2 two, two for 2. Whenever she attacks, uh, put a 1-1 one, one counter on it for each equipment attached to it, and then you can pay 1, remove all 1-1 one, one counters from Cadibri. It deals X damage to attacking creature, target attacking creature, or blocking creature and opponent controls, where X is the number of counters removed this way. So, interesting, uh, interesting mechanic. Um, I like being able to interact with, like, blockers and stuff before you actually do anything. Like, yeah, I like know, it. She gets blocked, you're like, okay, well, I shoot you for this much, yeah. and then she hits them with first strike. Yeah. You know, it just seems pretty good. Or she blocks with first strike, then you pay one in response to the block, and then shoot it for the rest of the damage to kill it if it's bigger than her. Yep. Yeah, uh, I liked Belt of Giant Strength. It's a uh, one and a green for an artifact. Uh, equipment. Equipped creature has base power and toughness 10-10. Equipped 10. This ability costs X less to activate where X is the power of the creature it targets. I think that's interesting. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. Um, especially with auto-equipped things. You know, yeah, the hammer of Nizan and and all those white spells that do that. Um, winged boots. Now we talked about this earlier. Um, I think it was like last week. Winged boots is one in a blue for a uh, an equipment that says equipped creature has flying and ward four, equipped one. Uh, we think they're moving away from putting hex proof on artifacts or on equipments. And they're going to move to the ward. Now, that could be wrong, obviously. But uh, a lot of this stuff has ward. Yeah. Uh, leather armor has, like, ward one. You know, I, I think they're trying to get away from complete uninteraction. Yeah. I mean, I personally like it. Oh, I definitely. I like it a lot more. Like, your stuff can still be dealt with, but you will pay. You'll pay for it, and I, I think that is better than just completely being like, you can't deal with it at all unless you blow up the artifact. So, I like that. Yeah. Uh, I like Diviner's Portent, which is X and 3 blue for an instant. Roll a d20, add the number of cards in your hand. Uh, 1 through 14, draw X cards. 15 plus, scry X, then draw X cards. Definitely, uh, you know helps out those decks that really need to kind of dig for a win whenever you have a fat hand. Yeah. And, uh, Instant speed, yeah. Yeah. I like it. And at the very least, it draws you the cards anyway. Now, it's not blue sun. You can't kill people with it, but what are you going to do, you know? Right. Uh, another of the interesting artifacts, Robe of Stars. One in a white for an equipment. Equipped creature gets plus zero, plus three, and has... Astral Projection, uh, where for one and a white, equipped creature phases out. 
Uh, it has equipped one. I think that is really fucking good. Uh, yeah. For any time you'll be able to equip this, you'll generally be able to activate the astral projection. So the equipment also phases out and then comes back in on your untap in an untargetable action. So Robe of Stars, really, really good evasion. Yeah, real good. When you just need your commander to sit around and not do anything, like not attack, you don't have to do much. You just need to... It, like incremental value or whatever. Yeah. Robosar is going to be the number one protection spell, like equipment for that, other than like Greaves. Yeah, definitely. But I, Greaves I, can't save you from a board wipe. Yeah, this I, can. I think this is better than Greaves, just for the fact that you can just blink your dude right out of there when when shit hits the fan, and then boom, comes right back, ready to keep generating you value. Yeah. So we can definitely see that the theme of this deck was the. Uh, equipments and enchantments and things like that. Uh, Mantle of the Ancients for three and two white. It's a it's an aura that says when Mantle of the Ancients enters the battlefield, return any number of target aura and or equipment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield attached to Enchanted Creature. Enchanted Creature gets one one for each aura and equipment attached to it. That is both a replenish and yeah, that's so good. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Like I think I might have to rebuild my Boros deck with the auto equip commander and then the uh, two drop commander partner. That whenever oh creature yeah, Arden, whenever your commander Arden deals damage, hit everyone. Kedis. Yeah, that's Arden it. and Kedis. There's just been so many good cards coming out for that like Boros Voltroni commander yeah. style. Man, I just want to see them do something else. Yeah, Boros. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. Do something else. That what was that Soul of Steel? Do you remember that Wyleth? Yeah. Like draw a card for each equipment attached to him. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah. It did what Boros was gonna do because they can't seem to do anything other than Voltron, but it drew you cards, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy good in Voltron. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, yeah, good. Uh, so this one, I, I guess they did spoil all the commanders because I'm assuming this is the commander. It's a uh, Storvald Frost Giant Jarl. It's a four green, white, blue for a legendary giant that's a 7-7 with ward three. Other creatures you control have ward three. Whenever Storvold enters the battlefield or attacks, choose one or both. Target creature has a base power and toughness of 7-7 until end of turn. Target creature has base power and toughness of 1-1 until the end of turn. I think that's a pretty big bomb. Like, I don't know, like... Getting to uh, seven mana, that's pretty hefty for a commander. But just for like a super bomb and like casual, more casual builds, like this guy's gonna do work. Like, well, the 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 when you're thinking about like huge bomb attacking commanders, like you the the base rule is what's their power and toughness? That's your clock on killing somebody with them. Seven power commanders are like a tier above anything else. Yeah. Because that's three hits. Yep. You quit battle mastery to this dude. That's yeah. Two hit. <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's it, plenty of ways to one shot people with this guy, especially that he has Ward Three just stapled onto him. 
Now couple that with like any other equipments that might make it harder for him to be removed or any type of evasion. This guy's getting through. Yeah. I mean, you're in blue and white. You could probably give him flying. You're in green. You could probably give him uh, can't be blocked except by two or three creatures. And then you can do the alpha authority where nothing can block him. Uh, blue, give him unblockable. You know, like, there's a lot of combat tricksy stuff that you can murder people with. Yeah, and the fact he has his own combat tricks. You get to make one of your 1-1 one, one sapperlings into a 7-7, seven, seven, or you get to just be like, oh, yeah, that 10-10 uh, that, uh, ten, ten, or that Eldrazi you got there, yeah, well, it's got a base power of 1-1 one, one until the end of turn, so I'm swinging into you. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's pretty cool. Super high CMC, but cool card. Yeah. Uh, White got another, like, please don't target my stuff card, face Deed. For two and two white, it's a 4-4 elk. So, already a 4-4 for four. It's better than you get for most white things. Uh, whenever face Deed attacks, another attacking creature you control gains indestructible until end of turn. Whenever a creature or a planeswalker you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, you may draw a card. So... You know, can't have white drawn too many cards now, but, you know, what are you going to do? A lot of uh, also flavorful spells coming out. We got uh, the Bag of Devouring. One black artifact. Whenever you sacrifice another non-token artifact or creature, exile it. You can pay two and tap Bag of Devouring to sacrifice another artifact or creature, draw a card. Three Tap, Sacrifice, Bag of Devouring, roll a d10. Turn up to X cards from among cards exiled with Bag of Devouring to their owner's hands where X is the result. Bag of Devouring is a hilarious uh, item in D&D because functionally in the rules it looks indistinguishable from a Bag of Holding, which is funny as fuck to me. <laughs> like, Cursed Bag uh, eats all your shit. That's hilarious. Yeah. One of the cards I, I seen that I totally brushed right across that I think is actually really good is Hurl Through Hell. It's two colorless, black and red at instant speed, exile target creature. Until the end of your next turn, you may cast that card and spend mana as though it was any color to cast it. I think that's pretty damn good. Yeah, that's nuts. Being able to just be like, yeah, I'm going to exile your Eldrazi and then on their end step and then on that your turn you just cast it like, yeah it's it's pretty nuts it's a good removal spell and black and red uh the more instant speed exile effects yeah pretty good yeah i really like that one um bucknard's ever full purse it's a two drop artifact with pay one tap roll a d4 and create a number of treasure tokens equal to the result the player to your right gains control of bucknard's ever full purse um, using this in combination with something like, uh, what's her name? Aminatu? Aminatu? Yeah. Where you can bl flicker something you own, not control, you own, and so you give it to somebody, and then you flicker it and bring it back, tap it, give it to some, you know, like you can generate a good yeah amount of, of treasures off of it, I think. Yeah, I like that. That's a cool play. Uh, how about this one? Uh, Fiend, Fiend Lash. It's one in a red for an artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus oh, and has reach. 
Whenever equipped creature is dealt damage, it deals damage equal to its power to target player or planeswalker, and it has a two and a colorless red equip cost. I think that's really good. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, you start slapping that on some infecty stuff, and then just start pinging it with pyrohemia. Oh, yeah, that's a uh, oof. Like, you can just start. Dumbing people, people with yeah. infect that way. I think it's cool. Plus, I just think it's kind of a cool, cool Sick concept. Art. The art is awesome. <laughs> Come comes back to bite you when you hit it, so I oh, like it, dude. Hellish rebuke, I think, is fucking insane. Two and a black, instant speed until end of turn. Permanence your opponent's control gain when this permanent deals damage to the player who cast hellish rebuke. Sacrifice this permanent, you lose two life. How many times have I been hit with, like, ten nuggets? Like, ten sapperlings? Or squirrels, squirrel yeah. guy. <laughs> and yeah. imagine if you had to sack all of them for three and a black. You have to sack all of them and lose two life for each one. Yeah, that's really good. That's disgusting. Like, especially, like, like you said, the token decks, man. The scoot swarms. I'm going to generate a thousand scoots and swing at everybody, you know, or whatever. And it's like you somehow can manage to uh, live because they're, for some reason, not killing you. Maybe you have a big board and then they just die. I like it. It's almost like a Rakdos charm style effect. But the fact that they have to sacrifice that permanent. Yeah. I think that's insanely good. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, like you know, you, you can... Somebody cheats out of Blightseal turn three. You can uh, block it with a dude, not take ten poison and hellish rebuke so that <laughs> they have to sack it. Yeah. I think it's super good removal for sure. And the added just making them sack and, like, lose the life is just, like, yeah, it's really good. Yep. And then Reckless Endeavor, I think, is great. Uh, five and two red. Sorcery speed. Already two strikes against it. <laughs> but... Roll two d12s and choose one result. Reckless Endeavor deals damage equal to that result to each creature. Then create a number of treasure tokens equal to the other result. That's pretty spicy. Yeah, I like it. Dude, I'm going to want to be casting <laughs> this for, like, free. Dude, you know? I really have liked a lot of the, like, rolling, like, d12s, d8s, whatever. Those cards, I really like them. I think it adds, like, just so much more flavor to the game. And, like, yeah. it's a little bit more chaos -y too, which I really like. Because you never know. It's up to chance what you're going to roll. Yep. You know? So. And, like, especially when it can turn a card from, like, decent to, like, bomb as fuck. Like, Dance Macabre. Uh... Sorcery speed, 3 and 2 black. Each player sacrifices a non-token creature. Roll a d20 and add the toughness of the creature you sacrificed this way. From 1 to 14, return a creature card from the graveyard this way. Put into a graveyard this way, under your control. So if they spend all their shit to get your, their big bomb out, you can steal their bomb. At minimum. And then if you roll a 15 or higher, return up to 2 creature cards put into graveyards this way into the battlefield under your control. There's just it's it's decent, and then it just gets better. Yeah, it's a sacrifice and a reanimate in one spell, which you know if you know some people are running just don't swing at me. I have this giant creature or enough pillow fort, and I'm using my commander to do this or whatever. It's like 
they have to sack it, and you get something back. Yeah. And it's not just like you have to bring back something uh, you put in your graveyard. You know, you don't just reanimate the creature that you had. Someone has a dock side that they sack to it. Yep, give yeah. me that, you know. <laughs> yeah. I like uh, Grim Hireling. For a three colorless and a black, you get a 3-2 uh, Tifling Rogue. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, create two treasure tokens, and then you can pay a black and sacrifice X treasures. Target creature gets minus X, minus X. That's at sorcery speed, but I do like it, and I think it's, like, really good with Chatterfang. Yeah. Like, I mean, just... Or with that, uh, the guy that whenever you make a food treasure or, uh... Oh, whatever, uh, you create the Academy Manufacturer? Yeah. Yeah. I think... I, they they made a lot of cards that really are going heavy into treasure tokens lately. And Which, so. good! I love treasure tokens. I think they're great. Yeah, I think we're gonna see here soon. There's gonna be enough cards that people are gonna build, like, treasure tribals, where everything's just generating mass amounts of treasures, and then you have cards like this in there that allow you to use those treasures as removal like or you know you got your what's the uh what's the black enchantment the if you have revel and riches that's it yeah 10 treasures you win the game <laughs> yeah hey maybe that card will see a spike i hope so because i have a crap ton of them in bulk right. um i wasn't super impressed with uh kara zakar the eye tyrant um it's a three and a Rakdos, so black and red, for a five-five beholder. Whenever you attack a player, tap target creature that player controls and goad it. Whenever an opponent attacks another one of your opponents, you and the attacking player each draw a card and lose one life. Not a fan. It's alright. I mean five-five for five. I, I I like I like anything that has goad because I really <laughs> like goad mechanic. I think it's a really fun, casual mechanic to play with. But I, I've never been a fan of the whole, like, you draw a card and lose one life if such and such happens. Because, especially when it's limited to the only having one trigger. Like, yeah. if it was, like, any any creature, so somebody swings out with some tokens and next thing you know you're all drawing five or ten cards and losing ten life, that makes it a lot more appetizing to me because it drains everyone really quick as well as fills everyone's hands so it can speed games up versus this where it's kind of just like, it doesn't really speed games up. Yeah. So it's just meh. That's what it, I thought it, about it, it. Yeah, it's pretty meh. Um, so uh, next we have a, I like component pouch. You tap it to roll a d20. Between 1 and 9, you put a component counter on component pouch. Between a 10 and a 20, you put two component counters on component pouch. Tap, remove a component counter from component pouch. Add two mana of different colors. Uh, this reminds me of just Coalition Relic. Yeah. It's very Coalition Relic related. You know, but the fact that you can you know, make the two mana at the same time... Sometimes Coalition Relic, when you're uh, when you create the to the charge counter on somebody else's turn, you have to use it in your pre-combat main phase. Like you have to. It goes away. You don't get it. Right. You know. And uh, sometimes you just like to have stuff on a stick to counter spells. Yeah, I liked uh, I like this one too. The uh, Wand of Orcus. Two in a black legendary artifact equipment. Whenever equipped creature attacks or blocks it, it and zombies you control gain death touch until end of turn. 
And then whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, create that many 2-2 zombie creature tokens. Equip cost 3. I think it's just nice spicy flavor for a oh, classic yeah. well, tribal. And first of all, I fucking love the Wand of Orcus. It's great. <laughs> it's like a spine with a head on the top. Um, just awesome. And I think that that can blow people out of the water. Yeah. It really makes you have to think about how you're going to block when there's a horde of zombies coming at you. Yeah. Like, yep. either your whole entire board's going goodbye or you're taking a bunch of zombie damage. I think it's great for tribal. I don't think it will see anything else. Yeah. Then, you know, your Gissa and Garof, your Gissa Ghoul Caller. Those yeah. zombie tribal decks. I don't think you'll see much more of it than that. But one of my favorites, Extract Brain. First of all, flavorful as fuck. Illithids, they hit you with a psychic blast in D&D. They blast you and stun you, and then they eat your fucking brain. Right? And it's like... It's a X card which I love X cards. Uh, X, blue and a black. For a sorcery, target opponent chooses X cards from their hand. Look at those cards. You may cast a spell from among them without paying its mana cost. Imagine just like catching somebody with a, like a dark ritual or something and you can cast this thing for like five or six and you rip an Eldrazi or something out of their hand. Yeah. Oh, because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't specify. It can be any spell. You know, normally something like this would be like non-creature spell or uh, a permanent spell or something like that. But nope, just any spell. If they show you something really cool, you can take it. Yeah, I like it. I think it's like the flavor is just chef's kiss on the flavor. Yeah, it's, 100%. It's, it's I, so love, good. I love the art is just... <laughs> sick and disgusting and literally an illithid eating a brain yeah definitely uh but magic is a complete child's game you know there's literally a man getting his brain ripped out and eaten <laughs> but uh yeah i like i like this one too I, i'm really actually a real big fan of all these like equipments and artifacts that are in this one rod of absorption Two and a blue artifact. Whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell, exile it instead of putting it into their graveyard as it resolves. For X, tap, sacrifice the Rod of Absorption, and you may cast any number of spells from among the cards exiled with Rod of Absorption with total mana cost X or less without paying their mana cost. Like, so it's very mechanically um, the same as an actual Rod of Absorption in D&D, which is pretty cool. If a spell targets you in D&D &D and you have a Rod of Absorption, you can eat the spell. It has a set amount of charges of spells you can eat, and then once it fills up, it can't absorb anymore. But then you can use those charges of absorbed spells to cast your spells without expending your spell slots. That's exactly what this does. Yeah. I think it's pretty uh, flavor wind. Yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, I feel like it'll be a hard artifact to keep on board. People will want to get rid of it, but oh, it's Storm is gonna love this card. But yeah, I think it's really good. I mean, you you pay you pay five into X and then tap it and then just like be able to cast like four four one drop instant speed or sorcery speed spells and I just like it. Yeah, I think it's cool. 
Yep. And it, it rewards, like, big mana boom cool shit, you know? Just like, oh, you got a bunch of mana you don't know what to do with? Cast some spells with Rod of Absorption. Why not? Would have been way easier with Hull Breacher with all that wheel mana, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the interesting new commanders that I was super stoked about was Min, Wily Illusionist. Uh, it's a 1 and 2 blue for a 1-3 Gnome Wizard. When you draw your second card each turn, create a 1-1 one, one blue Illusion Creature token with this creature gets plus 1 plus 0 for each other Illusion you control. Whenever an Illusion you control dies, you may put a permanent card with mana value less than or equal to that creature's power from your hand into the battlefield. That's really good. Illusion Tribal? People have been trying to do Illusion Tribal forever. Well, Jace, uh, the Cunning Castaway, just went up uh, quite a bit after this got spoiled. Did it? Mm-hmm. So, people are betting on it. But, like, I think it's pretty good. You got Jace. You got that uh, Mythic from uh, Return to Ravnica. I think the uh, Mesmerizing, Mesmerizing Benthid. It was an octopus. That yeah, when ETBs, yeah. you create two Illusions. And then anytime they block you freeze or ice down your opponent's creatures yep so i mean there's a lot of stuff that makes illusions so oh totally and the um i like the uh anthem effect that they get yeah it means you can have beaters like why the fuck would you want to like <laughs> just build into nothing because your illusion is garbage like you have to rely on your own buff spells and things like that nope they buff each other. Yeah. So you can beat face, get people to block, kill your illusions. Like, I like that it's a plus one, plus oh. Yeah. So things are easily killable. It's a it's an X1, you know? Yeah. So people block it? Sure, block it. I get this free... Hull break... No, not anymore. <laughs> uh, I get this free uh, Consecrated Sphinx or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really like that one, too. I'm sure there's going to be some pretty broken stuff. People end up coming up with it. Yeah. Yep. One thing that I thought was, like, super sick was the spell Revivify. I like Revivify as a spell in D&D. I also like it, even though it's white, uh, in this set as well. It is a two and a white for an instant that says roll a d20 and add the number of creature cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn. Uh, from 1 to 14, you return all creature cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn to your hand. 15 plus, return those cards from the graveyard to the battlefield. A lot of, like, you know, shitty white decks run a lot of creatures. And the only way people deal with is board wiping. And there's, all, there's Second Sunrise, there's, you know, Brought Back, there's a whole bunch of things that say, oh, hey... You blow up my shit, now it comes back. Um, this is pretty good, I think. It's conditional, but I still think it's... it's I, a, it, I think it's good. It's a good anti-board wipe tool for white. And it's only three mana. I think that's the good thing, is that it's a low, lower CMC spell to cast, and it totally can just turn a game in your favor hugely like say you know you got a pretty decent board state another person has a big board state and all of a sudden someone's like okay we're me and the other player behind board wipe and then all of a sudden you're like boom 
and then you just happen to roll a 15 or more and it's like bam now you just come back and you're just like way blowing out everybody and even if you're not you at least get all your value cards right back to your hand so i think it can potentially be a straight just blowout that puts you ahead so far you can win the game or it at least gets all your creatures back into your hand so that you can still rebuild quick yeah i i like the card um one card that's going straight into my Sithis deck is Thorough Investigation. It's a two and a white enchantment. Whenever you attack, investigate. Whenever you sack a clue, venture into the dungeon. I love the flavor because it's like, ooh, you're checking out all these clues. Get further into the dungeon, you know. Uh, it rewards you for attacking by investigating. Not a lot of, like, consistent investigate effects. Like, other than, like, Tamio's journal, I think, generates you a clue each turn. Um, Fey offering. And a lot of the stuff from these newer sets are focused on creating clues, treasures, and... Uh, clues, treasures, and foods. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good... Just a nice little spicy, you know, addition. I, I like it. I like... I, I love Venture into the Dungeon. I think it's a great mechanic. I really do. Like, uh, Radiant Solar is a 5 and a white for an angel. So it's already going to be... Timmy's are all going to love it. There's a shitload of angel tribal out there in Timmyverse. Uh, it's a 3-6 with flying and lifelink. When Radiant Solar or another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, venture into the dungeon. Uh, pay a white, discard Radiant Solar, venture into the dungeon, you gain 3 life. Yeah. Uh, Yep, it's uh, another, you know, if you infinity blink, like, anything, then you can Radiant Solar for the win, because when it enters, it ventures into the dungeon. We already had this chat yeah. about things that enter and ETB venture into the dungeon are pretty strong in the right shell, because you can kill people with the Lost Minds of Fandelver. Yep. Now, it does, the Lost Minds of Fandelver does say... At the end, in the Halls of Doomithoin, draw a card. So once you finish the dungeon, you draw a card. So, effectively, if you have 40 cards in your library or more, you can kill everybody. And even if somebody has done a bunch of life gain, you can gain so much life because you're, you're negging one on each person and gaining that much. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well... I couldn't kill you because I don't have enough shit in my library, but everybody else is dead, and it's me and you, and I have, like... A ton of life. Know, 150 health. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, one of the uh, one of the newer commander cards, Nihilor, or Nihilor, uh, is a an Esper. An Esper Horror. Interesting. Yeah. I thought it would be Sultai. Yeah, yeah. Or or even just flat demur. Yeah. But uh, Nahalor is a 3-5 horror that says when it, when Nahalor enters the battlefield for each opponent, tap up to one untapped creature you control. When you do, gain control of target creature that player controls with power less than or equal to to the tapped creature's power for as long as you control Nahalor. Whenever you attack with a creature an opponent owns, you gain two life. And that player loses two life. 
Weird. It is weird. It kind of reminds me of Preacher, but better. Mm. Like, I feel like Preacher's a lot less mana, but it has the same effect. Tap, gain control of a creature as long as it's on board. But then you also get the added benefit of gaining the life and them losing the life whenever you attack with it. So, and it's a 3-5. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's, like, super great for a commander, but I think there's definitely some cool shenanigans yeah. you can do with it. Like, I would never build this. You know who would build it? Lex. Lex would build this this card and do pretty well with it. It reminds me of uh, the one card, I believe it, w- it might have been from Legends or maybe Ice Age, the, uh, what is it, Mary something that does tap, gain control of target creature for as long as you control her. Can't remember exactly what it is, but it's in Esper colors as well. Marika Barrett or whatever? Yes, yeah, that's it. I, I, I could be butchering that, but that, it's it's the woman in the, the pink yeah, the with the crown and shit. Sitting there. Yeah, yeah, and it's like... She, I think Marie she's, Zuberic. I think she's just Esper for three, legendary, and just says tap, gain control of target creature. And for you as can long choose as you... not to untap her, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we also had another one of uh, Drist's companions spoiled, Wolfgar of Icewind Dale. Now I said if Wolfgar did not have the Gisela end ability of he takes half damage. I would be fucking pissed. And I am pissed. <laughs> Melee? Come yeah, on, yeah. man. Melee's weak. <laughs> Whenever this creature attacks, it gets 1-1 one, one until end of turn for each opponent you attack this combat. Lame. Yeah. Lame. S- fucking lame, dude. 4-4 four, four for 5. Stupid. Mm-hmm. Make him a 5-5. Five, five. For 5. A minimum. You're in gruel. Yeah. And then, if a creature you control attacking would cause a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Now, this does apply to him. Yeah, it does make the melee better. But, like, how many times are you board swinging? Like, at every player. That isn't... Yeah. Like, you're usually... Like, when you're in an aggro deck... You're either going to do one of two things. You are going to kill everyone in one shot, a.k.a. Crater Hoof or Triumph of the Hordes or something like that. You're going to kill everyone at once, or you're going to focus fire down the biggest threat at the table to you each time you try to attack. Right? Yeah. It's just like... Like, I I, I don't know. And I really like Gruul, too, and I'm just like, man... I've built a lot of Gruul decks, and I'm you like, have. how? You've built more Gruul decks than anybody I know. <laughs> I'm like, how do I make this? Is like, what? You're gonna build like a super heavy token build so that maybe you, can you have throw tons tokens. of squirrels and tokens and saps to just like, I'm just gonna throw these one ones at you three or you two, and then I'm swinging him at the one person and just trying to get those double triggers and make them to be like a nine nine or whatever. But the fact that like he doesn't have trample either so it's like even if he's super huge they're like yeah like, yeah just chump can he be a 10 <laughs> 10 yes yeah okay fine but can he also just get chumped for days also yes yeah. he has no trample 
I feel just, like I feel he's like, weak. He's too weak, dude. He's like the strongest barbarian the only, in the Icewind Dale. The only other thing I could see is to go off his second ability, where like all the rest of the creatures in your deck have an attack triggered ability. But in that, I can't really think of like too much stuff in Gruul that's like outside of maybe like dragons that are like whenever this dragon attacks, you can deal damage or something like. I don't know. That, it yeah. just seems like it's it, it a really casual, high CMC, like, to make it... Attack Harmonicon <laughs> was what they were calling it. Yeah. You know, Attack Harmonicon. And I was just like, man. <laughs> yeah. I was so pissed. <laughs> like... Let down big time. Oh, I know I had my hopes too high, right? Like, I knew that he couldn't be super busted powerful, but fuck. Lame. Yeah, I see a I see a Gruul card that you're gonna be running in most of your decks if you can. Cloth's will. Yeah. Two red, green, and an X. You you are probably going to smash relics, <laughs> straight to X target artifacts or enchantments. Yep. Just like uh, I'm gonna Cloth's will instant speed for uh, five and just blow a shit ton of stuff up. Yep. Yep, I like it. I like anything that just removes artifacts and enchantment. Yeah, dude, like, you were running, like, turn one smelt. You yep. know, like, you were trying to smelt people's soul rings. Like, you were you were spite vandal blasting people on turn one just yeah. because you're just like, yeah, you know your soul ring? Fuck that soul ring. Sometimes yeah. you have to, man. I feel like it's like, dude, there's just so many decks out there that are just so heavily reliant on artifacts and enchantments early game that it's like, you really... You really get people by the by the parts if you early game just oh, remove 100%. a bunch. Like I, I like it. I do like that card. And the artwork's pretty dope. How do you think of uh, Wild Endeavor as a token generator and ramp? I like the card, but I don't like the CMC. For six mana, you can get totally blown out if you just happen to roll... Ones. One and one. <laughs> like, that's gotta get be a such beast, a feel bad. Get a basic land. Yeah, that seems pretty rough. But I mean, if you if you max out though, and you crit with two fours, get four lands, get four beasts. That's pretty good for six. But yeah, I think that's one of those cards that'll just end up being like a bulk card, maybe slotted in some like lower tier decks just for yeah. splashy fun and rolling dice i mean speaking of rolling dice never winter hydra xx2 green roll xd6 it enters with the number of one one counters equal to the total of those results it has trample and ward four you still got your gargos deck to yeah dude that's what i'm saying i was like man this is a fucking powerhouse in gargos it's like because the effect i was looking it up with another guy it affects with both of the x it so, does. Yeah, so you just pay zero into it, and you automatically get two, four, two, and yeah, you get, or yeah, four, four for just a green, green. You get to roll, yeah. It, it's so good. So, like, oh, man. In green, mono green, Hydra Tribal, where you're already probably ramping your freaking brains out and having tons of mana, and then you just roll into this mid-game, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. drop six into X with the four minus off it, so it's going to be like ten. Dude, for just a green green? Yeah, it seems pretty good. Yeah. That and uh, the Trample and Ward 4. Yeah. Dude, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, this thing's going to be a large boy that's hard to get rid of. Yeah. 
Uh, I really like Indomitable Might for three and a green. It has a flash. Uh, it's an enchantment aura. It has flash and enchant creature gets plus three, plus three. Enchanted creatures controller may have it assign combat damage as though it weren't blocked. Do you know how hard you can blow somebody out with this if somebody else is like attacking them and they're going to live and you need them to die and then you're just like, I flash this on my opponent's guy. Yeah. And now he deals damage as though it weren't blocked. <laughs> yeah, I think this is, like you said, just a hoser for, like, just player removal. Like, I'm, that's what I would use it for. That's what I thought first thing, yeah, too. Yeah, 100%. Is like, you're in mono green, and that one person's getting the edge, and everybody's attacking them and trying to get them out, and they're, like, going to live, and just, boom, out of nowhere, you're like, bam, well, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I or like if somebody it. has, like, those conditional, like, like sneak attack things and they sneak attack something ridiculous that's just like an Eldrazi Titan or uh, whatever, you know, and you're just like, oh, you're going to get the Annihilator trigger on your block? No, we're going to we're gonna buff the Titan because you don't have to worry about it because it's going to get sacked and go away. Yeah. But it's like, I need you to take 15 damage. You know, I need you to take 13 damage, Annihilate 4, and fuck you. Like, yeah. Hell yeah. And, I mean, I think it's still just good, even if you're not targeting your opponent's stuff. If you just got a nice, big, juicy fatty that you just want to get through every time, yep, flash it on there. You're at least getting through once, you know? I like it. Yeah. I also like this this next one, too, Druid of Purification. For a three and a green, you get a human druid that's a two-three. When Druid of Purification enters a battlefield, starting with you, each player may choose an artifact or enchantment that you don't control. Destroy each permanent chosen this way. I think that is just a far superior uh, Rex Age. I mean, it's only one more mana, and if you can convince other people that somebody else is like getting way too far ahead, and you all just fuck that person over, yeah, you know that you can just you can just hose one person completely for four mana. Yeah, and at worst, I mean, it's like everybody except for you gets an equal share of something getting blown up. Or, you know, maybe everybody wants to spite you and they just choose not to. Yeah. I mean, whatever, you well, still like, get a 2-3 and blow up something. Yep. Next, uh, Bag of Tricks. One in a green for an artifact that has pay five and roll a D8. Uh, you have to tap. Uh, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card with mana value equal to the result... Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom in any order. It's always like in a random order, but that's fun. That is a big, stupid, splashy shit card. Yeah. Like, unless you're able to manipulate the rolls, add and subtract, or roll two dice, you know, like with the barbarian class or whatever. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. I think it's fun. It would be a good chaos card. Like, I would play, like, Maelstrom, Wander, Chaos with this in it. Yeah. Uh, I, think you'll, I think you'll enjoy this one. Maddening Hex. One and two red, Enchantment, Curse. Whenever an enchanted player casts a non-creature spell, roll a d6. Maddening Hex uh, deals damage to that player equal to the result. Then attach Maddening Hex to another one of your opponents chosen at random. Yeah, I like it. You can just keep, like, <laughs> shooting this thing back and forth. For three mana, something that's going to stay there, they have to dedicate a piece of removal to it or never cast non-creature spells, you know, 
It's just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to nature's lore. Okay, well, you're going to take five damage for yeah. that. And then I'm going to shoot it over, you know, it's going to shoot over to another player. And they're going to, you know, I, I think it's just a fun little a little zoop of damage that, uh, you know. Is, I, I think it makes it so, like, people don't want to waste the removal on it. Because it's like, eh, it's just going to be one spell I have yeah. to cast to get through. Like so a, they don't want to waste their spell. I'm like, you know, like, you think about, like, Vile Smasher, right? Vile Smasher, also three also a random damage effect but like vile smasher is so consistent with its damage that you're like i have to get rid of that this is like eh, i could roll a one yeah or i could roll a six yep. you know i could i could lightning bolt something and take six damage for that like <laughs> ugh. yeah i but, like it yeah i think like obviously i don't have to tell you i love DD, so like all the dice rolling i'm already down to roll dice all the time anytime um but just the cool shit that you can do with all the dice rolling in this set is pretty fun. Uh, like, Berserker's Fury, two and a red for an instant. You can only cast the spell before combat or during combat before blockers are declared. You roll 2d20 and ignore the lower one. For 1 through 14, choose any number of creatures. They block this turn of Able. 15 to 20, you choose which creatures block this turn and how they block. So... You can either make it so that if you cast it before combat, you can choose, okay, yeah, we're just going to make these um, these creatures block if able. And then if you get 15 to 20, you can just blow somebody out and be like, you don't block at all. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that one too. Another good low drop instant speed combat trick. I like it. How do you like Klauth? He's to, a bit hefty. To be honest, I, I don't really like this card. Uh, you don't for, like Savage Ventmaw Legendary? <laughs> I like Savage Ventmaw, but I don't like this. Savage Ventmaw costs less, and you get six mana every time. Like, this is a little bit more conditional. Granted, you can, you can get a lot more mana off of it, but Savage Ventmaw just, like, it just comes out quicker, faster, and, like, I don't know. What is Savage Ventmaw's cost? Uh, I believe it's six. Yeah. So it comes down a turn sooner. Does it have haste? Uh, no, I don't think okay. so. So this has flying and haste. Yeah. But for 4-4, four, four, I was like, oh, dude, he's a legendary dragon. He literally says unrivaled in the fucking card name. Yeah. Should you're be 6-6. 7-7, dude. Seven, seven, <laughs> yeah, like, seven. You're going you're gonna to tell me this dragon... Clouth, the unrivaled ancient dragon, is a 4-4? <laughs> right. My dude. Like, like I know Wall of Runes has like a 4 toughness. You're telling me this guy can't, like, can just barely kill this wall? Are you joking me? Right. I mean, the second effect's pretty good. Whenever Clouth, unrivaled ancient attacks, add X mana in any combination of colors, where X is the total power of attacking creatures, spend this mana only to cast spells. Until the end of turn, you don't lose mana as steps and phases end. I, I, that's the part that I don't like about it is that you can only use it to spend or spend it to cast spells. Versus Savage Ventmaw, you get the six. You have Aggravated Assault. You activate activate Aggravated you Assault. Can, yeah. Infinite Combat. You, you can't, can't do tell that. me. You can't tell me that this wasn't specifically made with that in mind. Yeah, like it completely negates the Aggravated Assault infinite combat loop because it says you can only cast spells with it. which really annoys me if i'm paying seven mana for a four four hasty commander 
I should be able to also pay five to activate that, which that spell already costs five to have on board, to just take what? infinite combats and win. Infinite aggravated assaults three. Three. Three and five to activate. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's two colorless, one red, and then five yep. to activate. Yep. I think that, like, they should have uh, allowed you to do that. I don't know why they didn't. Like, okay, what's the reasoning? You have a commander in your command zone that can combo with another card and you win the game, possibly, as long as the opponents don't have flying creatures to block and kill your dude. They're, they've printed plenty of cards in the last few sets that are just... Uh, half of a combo in your command zone yeah for two mana <laughs> i mean like there's literally cards what's her name uh dina yeah that you can just combo veto win, like veto yeah, yeah all these other cards that you can have in the command zone that combo with one other card but then we get a seven mana costing legendary and they just totally nerf it so that you can't do that come on this is supposed yeah. to be gruel smashy beats unrivaled <laughs> ancient are you joking me? Yeah. 4-4? Four, four. Yeah. And speaking of dragons that are 4-4s, four, there's Chaos Dragon that costs one red red. Flying Haste. Chaos Dragon attacks each turn if able. At the beginning of combat on your turn, each player rolls a d20. If one or more opponents had the highest result, Chaos Dragon can't attack those players or Planeswalker they controlled this combat. I just think that's just kind of crappy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you you want to be able to attack the person you need to attack. Plus, they just made that other legendary red dragon. What was it? Inferno of Star Mounts. So, it's a four colorless, two red for a legendary dragon that's a 6-6 six, six that has... This spell can't be countered, flying haste, and then it has an activated ability of one red. Inferno of Star Mount gets plus one, plus oh until end of turn. When its power becomes 20 this way, it deals 20 damage to any target. So, like, I think that's way better than Clouth. Like, for one, you're getting a 6-6 six, six for 6 that can't be countered that also has Flying and Haste. So, it's one less mana and has Flying and Haste with two more power and has the ability to just pump. And if you, if it's late game and you got extra planar lens and, like, a bunch of ways to double your red mana and then next thing you know, you're just, like, Swinging at someone with a flyer that's 20 power and then also going, okay, take 22 on top of it. Like, yeah. you just one-shot people. Yep. I like it. I definitely like it better than Cloth. Yeah. But uh, I think that about wraps it up for our, uh, you know, digression of all of the, the new cards coming out thus far. What we have uh, to look at, at least. Um, I know... There were other cards in the set that we also didn't get to talk about. You know, you mentioned uh, Order of the Mount Dragon guy. Yeah. But um, we'll have to do a full another episode, you know. The set is pretty large. It has uh, some spicy nuggets in there. But we wanted to make sure that we shout out our sponsor, Comics Vault. Uh, Neil's a beast. And he said, listen, when you guys record this episode, you're giving away a fucking set booster for this D&D set. So, uh, you know, Neil, Neil says, jump, and we say, how high? <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, so we're giving away a set booster box of Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. The passphrase uh, for this is going to be critical success. So, if you want to DM 
Dale at MTG underscore survivalist on Instagram. Or if you want to go over the other ways of how they can enter. Yeah, you can, like he said, you can hit me up through DM or you can hit up the Commander's Vault uh, Instagram. Or you can email us at uh, thecommandersvault at gmail.com if you don't have uh, social media. Uh, but yeah, just DM the passphrase to me or to the Commander's Vault on instagram and you'll be entered in for that set booster i mean so. we just gave away a box of modern horizons too and neil's like fuck it we're giving away another box immediately <laughs> yeah yeah so definitely don't miss out on that if, if if you're enjoying the spoilers from this set so far or or you just like D and you just want to have a nice cool sealed D and product to have on your shelf or you want to draft with your friends like here's a free chance at it so and uh, we're definitely going to be looking at doing a Q&A here soon, either on Instagram or, or some other uh, venue, uh, where we'll answer your questions. We'll talk about whatever you want us to talk about, you know? Yeah. I, he, I, I definitely think that would be fun. Yeah. If you want to know what our meta's like here, ask us. You want to know what type of decks we like building, what our favorite, uh, you know, whether it's uh, Gruul or Simic, whatever our guilds that we like the most or whatever, you can ask us anything, you know? So yep. I'll definitely be posting something about that, probably post that on my story and on the Commander's Vault story, just simply doing a Q&A, and then uh, we'll, we'll just sift through all those, and whatever are the best questions, we'll throw it in one of our episodes. Most definitely. Pretty, uh, pretty excited for this product, pretty excited uh, for the tournament that's coming up, I can't wait to give you more details after we get it done. It's very, it's pretty experimental. It's pretty experimental. We I don't think we've ever done anything like this. Two separate formats in one tournament seems pretty crazy. Um, yeah. What we're ended up doing is you show up at the vault and you are paired with other adventurers, and then it's emperor. So the emperor format where you'll be fighting 3v3 with another group of adventurers. Then the winner gets to fight the dungeon boss, who's playing a game of Arch Enemy. So it's 3v1 with Arch Enemy cards. Um, I'm already going all out. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm <laughs> dressing up. I'm going to be a, you know, I'm going to be an evil cultist. And, uh, you know, you have to stop me from uh, destroying the world. Yeah. You know, raising my god of death. I think it's going to be a sweet event, very flavorful for the set, and should be a great time. So. And we're def I'm definitely trying to work in some D20 mechanics, like uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, roll a D20, and if you crit, then you get this effect, like a cool effect for you or the table. Um, I think that'd be pretty fun. Haven't nailed down all the mechanics yet, but uh, pretty excited to. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, once again... Thanks for uh, listening here at Commander's Vault. Uh, I'm JB. And I'm Dale. And uh, take it easy.